Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Healy's away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. And LJ, the countdown is officially on. We're 10 days out from the start of the Cricket World Cup here in New Zealand. And on today's show, we've got Megan Shute, Aussie fast bowler, who who chats to us all about the experience of having her little baby Riley on tour with her. And at the time she was in quarantine, so sounded like a very different experience to what the other girls were experiencing in quarantine. But LJ, not much has really happened since we last chatted with Meg. The girls got out of quarantine early, which we know was a big win. But have you seen any of the, any of the cricketers out and about in Christchurch? Yeah, um, we actually did speak to Shooter in quarantine, so before we knew it was going to be down to seven days, so that has been a, a really happy experience for everyone. Um, yeah, we bumped into a few of the girls out in Valley Christchurch, enjoying a bit of freedom. Looks yeah. like a few have been exploring the region and making the most of a full seven days off, really, before they get stuck into training on Friday. Yeah, it's been a bit of a bit of a holiday in Christchurch and it's just weird to think that the whole every single women's cricketer in the world has descended on Christchurch and they're all just here living it up, playing golf, going on walks, kayaking, all sorts. But yeah, everything gets underway from Friday, so the Aussies will be training, a few captains events and Aussies got a couple of warm-up games in the to look forward to. Yeah, they should be really interesting um, against the West Indies and New Zealand. And New Zealand have been in excellent form against India. I think they were leading 3-0 in, in that series when we recorded. So that should be a really good test for them against the hosts. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how that pans out. So mem- remember to stay across all the details from Australia's movements leading into the World Cup on cricket.com.au and the Aussie women's cricket team's social channels. And of course, ahead of the tournament, the the whole Cricket World Cup will be shown uh, live and free on KO Freebies. So all you need to do is sign up to KO and you'll be able to watch every Aussie game. Here's Shooter. Megan Shute, pleasure to have you back on The Scoop. I think the last time we chatted here, you were going through the reciprocal IVF process. So now you're a family of three. You've got little Riley in the fam. So firstly, we want to know how are you going? How's Jess and how's Riley going and how are you all coping in quarantine? (laughs) Yeah, quarantine's a little bit different this time around with a baby. Um, Time certainly goes fast, but we're doing well. I mean, 
she was an absolute dream on the plane right over here. And that's, I guess, our first concern coming here is first time parents. Um, you know, no one wants to be that parent with a screaming baby. And luckily we didn't have that. So yeah, absolute jet um, of a child on the way here, but now they're going well. It's been a real interesting journey. And obviously for us, it's a lot of learning curves and we spend quite a bit of time on, on Facebook, a part of other, you know, mother's groups and, and premier baby groups trying to learn what we can and, it's just the fear of the unknown and, you know, every day is a, a new learning curve for us. So yeah, it's, um, it's an absolute journey and, and one that I cherish. Yeah. So she must be around six months now. Know, as you said, she arrived earlier than expected, but it seems like she's tracking really well now. Yeah. So um, I think only three months corrected. So you, you technically have to go off corrected for development stuff. And so in terms of that, she's bang on track. Um weighed in a little while ago at just over five kegs and you know to come out 850 grams to five kilos now it's a whole different baby um, which is pretty cool um good workout for the arms but yeah all going well so far we won't you don't really know um premier effects i guess till they're a bit older if there's going to be any developmental factors but for now physically and mentally she's fine um we've had no repercussions from the early birth just yet but yeah we've got an amazing team back in adelaide that take very good care of us and we have lots of updates from them and, and lots of meanings. So yeah, um, so far so good with the little angel. Oh, that's good to hear. And she looks like a pretty smiley baby. How, like is she, what's her personality <laughs> like? Do you reckon, has she got a bit of Megan shooting there or is she more like this? <laughs> uh, she's definitely me because she's a sassy, sassy little one. Um, <laughs> her side eye is absolutely fantastic. Oh. Like well, it's a proper stink eye. It's very impressive. Um, it even like makes me applaud her, but uh, definitely a lot of me in terms of personality. Doesn't control emotions very well. Um, angry to happy in a split second. It pretty much is all of me before coffee. So um, she's a, a lot of Jess in terms of smiley as well. So she's very much a mixed breed, but um, features wise, she's starting to get little wing nuts. They're starting to come out a little bit. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would say she's a lot of me, um, but very happy baby. So that's probably more Jess. And what's sort of a typical day like for you guys? Probably more so back at home when you're not just all locked in a room together. <laughs> um, well, it all depends on the night's sleep, how we <laughs> go about our day. Um, but it's obviously different for both Jess and I, um, considering I'm back training and playing. But basically, I mean, it depends on our feeding times, but you can be up anywhere from, you know, between 5 and 8 a.m., depending on if she wants to wake or go back to sleep, which a lot of the time is is a no while we're over here. Um, and then the morning feed, she's probably a bit of a, a crybaby for a while. And then take her for a stroll if the sun is out. Um, we have a really nice uh, walk along near our lake where we live back home. And that's a, a hell of a walk um, along with our, our neighbor who has a nine month old. So it's actually a nice little tiny mum group that we have. Um, and then we repeat that process throughout the day. We come back for another feed, another nappy change, another walk, a uh, bit of tummy time. We oh. try and get some affection in with the dog because he's very jealous um, oh, that yeah. he's not getting all the love now. <laughs> um, meanwhile, the cat just lingers around beautifully like cats do. Um, but apart from that, it is the same old thing of eat, walk, nappy change, 
sleep and then repeat. And then we generally hit witching hour at about 6 p.m. back home um, where Riley is just an absolute terror for <laughs> anywhere between one to two hours, sometimes three if it's a really bad night. But she seems to be slowly growing out of that, which is an absolute <laughs> blessing because the anxiety levels would hit peak at like 5.45 p.m. when you know witching oh, hour is around the corner. and. Coming. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a joy. But she's definitely starting to grow out of that, which is nice. Nice. And does does little Riley does she what does she think of the um Eddie and the little kitty cat? Does she like him? She doesn't care about him yet, which is so <laughs> funny. She um has only just started actually watching Eddie. Um, has always semi watched the cat, but you know she keeps her distance, so <laughs> doesn't really do much with her. But she's only just started noticing Eddie. But Eddie just will literally walk past lick her feet and walk on like that's that's all he does I think he knows that you know this little bubber is taking all the attention from mum. so I think once she um gets a bit older and a bit stronger and can sit up and and start you know interacting with him I'm hoping that they'll be the best of friends because they're going to need to be (laughs) and is motherhood with Jess like is it everything you ever expected or is it completely different or any surprises along the way I honestly had no idea what to expect um if anything, it's solidified the relationship. Like I think we work beautifully together. We're very <laughs> different parents in, in how we approach things. Um, yeah. She's definitely got a lot more patience than I do, but um, I don't know. I think we just balance out really well and we help one another. And, you know, I think one thing for me has been making sure that I'm patient with her, like with Jess more so than Riley in terms of, you know, we're both learning new things. We're both mm-hmm. going to get things wrong. Um and we're both unsure about a lot of stuff. So um, really leaning on each other to, to get the right answers and support one another through a journey that both of us you know, is completely new. So, um, yeah, I would say it's everything in terms of I knew it was going to be an emotional roller coaster, and, and bloody oath it is. Like they, <laughs> she can make you so angry sometimes with, you know, just not settling and then she gives you one smile and that's it. You just you forgive her instantly and you love love her all over again so it's it parenting parenthood is an emotional roller coaster it's it's definitely up and down but um the joys far outweigh the bad stuff and Elisa Healy was saying on the mic during the ODIs that you haven't changed at all and you're still the same old shooter <laughs> you reckon that's well, right thanks, uh, I try to be um <laughs> that's nice for nice to hear it on the outside I, I think I'm just a bit more mushy on the inside but that again is probably a side that only Jess and Riley get to see so I guess to the outside world um I'm the same shooter but uh deep deep down <laughs> probably a little bit softer and a little bit more empathetic and understanding but um I feel like that comes of age anyways and then having a baby changes things to a whole new level so um, in terms of sense of humour and, and who I am, I don't think that was ever going to change. It's just now I have completely different worries. <laughs> <laughs> and like away from cricket shooter, do you think it's sort of changed your mindset or perspective or even the way you look at your cricket career? Like has it sort of changed the way you think at all? Yeah, absolutely. It, it changes your perspective on life. You know, suddenly, you know, had we lost the ashes, it, it would have sucked. But I think yeah. coming home at the end of the day to, you know, your beautiful baby girl and your beautiful wife, mm. it's just it puts life in perspective that it really is just a game. And and we speak about that a lot of trying to not make it our sole focus, but when it is your job and your professional, what you love, it's easy to get wrapped up in that. So I think, you know, once you have that focus on the outside of cricket, um, yeah, life is just so much bigger than a game that lasts, you know, what, 30 odd years for a fast bowler. So um, yeah, look for me, I come home and 
Riley doesn't care whether I've won or lost and same with Jess. So yeah, it's definitely changed that perspective for me. And coming, um, bringing the family to New Zealand, doing the 10 day hard quarantine, was there ever a question in your guys, in your minds about whether you'd do it or was always a no brainer that they'd come along with you? Uh, it was a no-brainer. Um, I don't know about Jess. Uh, she, she hasn't voiced that with me yet. But, um, yeah, as soon as we had the option, we were definitely going to take it. Even in the uh, 10 days, I think, that I was away in Canberra um, before I met them in Melbourne, I'd already, like, missed her first giggle and her oh. cry had changed slightly. So, like, <laughs> even in that short time, I was like, gosh, imagine what I would have missed had I been apart from them for the next couple months. And I, in that respect, I, I think of Rach um, being away from, from Hugo that long. I know that that's going to be really tough for her. So um, I'll do my best to get around her. But uh, we're just so lucky that we've had this opportunity to bring Jess and Riley over. And she isn't going to remember it, but she's getting to travel the world at a young age and get to be around, you know, her cricket family who are going to help raise her along with us. Oh, so cute. How have the girls been? Has anyone like really sort of stood out as a, you know, auntie on tour? Uh, Midge for one, um, oh. clucky girl. <laughs> Riley has taken to her. She uh, just smiles whenever she sees Midge. It's it's absolutely oh, beautiful. But same with Rach, but that's obviously the mum knack. We um we actually had a team dinner the other night um, outdoors in this pub and it actually felt like real life for a little while with um, being in a pub, but Riley was just unsettled and, and oh. wouldn't go to sleep. And so we had Junior, like, um, Balani rocking the pram for us and then uh-huh. she absolutely cracked in the pram so Rach took her away and popped her to sleep um which took a while she's a stubborn girl um so we we know that we're bloody lucky that we have a whole team that will happily you know throw her over the shoulder if needed and um she, I just think that there's no better way to raise a child than around a, a sporting environment with lots of loving people yeah it's definitely going to be a unique world cup probably compared to last other tours you've been on overseas having a little one in tow and does it change much for you guys and how you handle everyday stuff um it's the only stressful part is probably the travel days um the mm. amount of luggage we just traveled with here is is ridiculous when you add on the porticot the pram it's oh, um yeah it's yeah it's a lot so I think for us the real panic is just the travel day and trying to um logistically organize how we're going to get our luggage down and how we're going to do a lot along with Riley and hoping that she lasts and feeding times. And mm. so really it actually, your stresses are no longer worrying about the team meeting coming up. It's, um, you know, are we going to fit her feet in at the right time and where are we going to change her nappy if we're in transit? So it's um, a whole different kinds of worry. Um, whereas cricket has kind of taken the back end in a sense of, I'm not so concerned about that anymore. And I guess I'm old enough now that I can just back my game and, there's enough opposition analysis that we go through as a team for me not to really stress too much about the cricket side of things. So it is just organising and making sure that Riley is safe and sound. Well, you'll definitely have some good stories and hopefully some some good photos to show Riley of her first overseas trip. I think like she probably she really can't believe it that she her first overseas trip she had to spend ten days in quarantine because there was a <laughs> pandemic. How are you going to tell that story to her? Very oh. wild. <laughs> Her whole life has been this pandemic. I swear that I, the um, I'll tell her how all the ultrasounds I couldn't go to alongside Jess because yeah. there was only one person allowed in the room and having to wear a mask constantly, trying to cuddle her while she weighed under a kilo because there was a pandemic and oh. it was just yeah. So there's there's lots of stuff from this uh, pandemic that is her life and that she is used to, I guess. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know when their memory starts to fade, but she's <laughs> hopefully not going to remember any of it. And um, once we're out of 
this whole COVID world, um, it'll be life as normal for her. Yeah, hopefully COVID is long gone by the time she starts remembering stuff. <laughs> oh, it, it better be, I tell you. <laughs> it better be. And now, Sheila, back onto the cricket. You guys obviously played some awesome cricket during that Ashes series. And for you personally, after missing the India series, how did it feel coming back into the team, back to international cricket? Like, were you feeling nervous before you return? Yeah, absolutely. I was nervous, but um, more like excitement nervous. So for me, I knew I had missed my teammates, but then as soon as I was around them, I didn't realize how much and oh. realize how long it had been. So, cause you don't really get to catch up with them properly during the big bash and whatnot. Yeah. Like it's very quick weekends. And then obviously with COVID restrictions and whatnot that comes into play, it's, there was no real time to actually catch up with any of them. So, um, yeah, my first training back with them in Adelaide, I was actually, um, home based, um, which was really nice. So I could be home with Jess and Riley, but driving myself to an Australian training I've never done before. So then there was the added anxiety of if I hit traffic, this is only me that is caught in it. This is not the team bus. This is my fault. If I'm late, like there was such weird little anxieties that I'd never really had before. Cause it's a whole different scenario, but, oh, yeah. um, just nice to be a part of the team again. I feel like I just slotted back in, but it did feel like I'd been gone a very long time. Um, and the whole setup was just different in terms of, you know, the protocols we were under, yeah. the girls couldn't hang out in each other's rooms at the hotel anyway. So I knew I wasn't missing anything, but I still had FOMO of not being at the hotel. So it was just, <laughs> it was a whole range of mixed emotions. Um, and then once the cricket started, it all just started to feel normal again, which was nice. Yeah, and speaking of the cricket, particularly the three ODIs at the back end there, it's pretty good lead-in for a World Cup. Um, what was the vibe in the group once the Ashes were wrapped up and you kept England winless? <laughs> yeah, um, England winless was what we were setting out for. Um, I think when we saw the post saying that, you know, all England touring parties didn't win a game <laughs> here in Australia was pretty cool. Um, but obviously just we spoke about it a lot of great momentum leading into a World Cup. We we actually still know we haven't played our best game and there were bits and pieces that we still need to string together. But um, overall, I think the vibe's great. I think it was a very different Ashes celebration for us. It, we kind of mentioned that it didn't quite feel like a proper Ashes celebration because we were just straight away leading into this World Cup and we knew that none of us could test negative and we still had protocols to follow and um, we had to come into 10 days quarantine. So, yeah, very, very... Um, dulled celebrations in that sense so it did change the, the feel of a win of an ashes I guess but nonetheless the change rooms bloody feel awesome we're, we know we're up and about and we're all playing pretty decent cricket so yeah for us it's just exciting to get over here and hopefully this 10 days go quick yeah fingers crossed and Sheeta back in the ashes you brought up the 100 wickets in the ODIs I think you took your first ODI wicket in 2012. Did you ever think you'd be entering the record books 10 years later? Absolutely not. Um, I didn't think I deserved to be there in the first place. So I thought I was lucky just to take the one. Um, kind of cool to have done it in Australia. Um, I think, you know, I've played a, a lot of cricket now, but there's nothing like doing it on home soil, I guess. So to get to a milestone here is, is pretty cool. And a part of the Ashes as well, a pretty major tournament. Um yeah, it's pretty cool. But I think for me, I didn't think that my body would last this long for one, but also just to be a part of a team that has been so successful um, in order for me to stay in it and take 100 wickets is is the coolest part of it all. And talking about successful, it was a huge series for the South Australians. 
uh, with T-Mac and Darcy doing so well. Is it good seeing those guys shine on the big stage and, and doing South Australia proud? Oh, I absolutely froth it. This is like what I've been dreaming of for a long time. Why are we not um, surprised? <laughs> uh, obviously, South Australian bias a little bit, but I have known their potential for so long and just for them to finally shine on the world stage is is phenomenal and you know they're not only great cricketers but they're great people they're they're so casual they take each share as it comes nothing really bothers them and I think that's what makes them such good cricketers and I do think it's a bit of the South Australian ways we're pretty laid back and a bit cash and that's um yeah shown into their cricket a, a hell of a lot but yeah to, to see them do it in a, a big stage and, and in an Ashes series and They've been performing at a domestic level for a long time now, but it does take something special to do it at Australian level and they've unlocked that, which is bloody fantastic. And for me to just sit there and watch it in the test and, and uh, I don't know, it brings a lot of joy to me, that's for sure. Yeah, no, those two, it was so good to watch them. And Shooter, obviously the next challenge that we've been speaking about is the World Cup. This will be our third one-day World Cup. What do you think is unique about this tournament and the challenges it presents? Like it's quite a long tournament, a lot, lot longer than T20 World Cups. Yeah, oh, hell of a lot longer. Um, yeah, I think it presents its own challenges. Obviously, the big one is COVID. Um, the protocols will be under the quarantine coming in. That's obviously something that I've never had to do and mm. nor of most teams, I guess, for a World Cup. Mm. But um, conditions, I don't see them as too dissimilar to probably what we had in England. So I don't think that'll change a hell of a lot. Um, probably stickier wickets but I think the cold weather is going to be one of them I think it was the top of 13 yesterday here in Christchurch and Ooh, my word was that, that is cold frosty oh, that was that. that was oh neither have we we have <laughs> been panicking big time <laughs> so I definitely need to order in a lot of hand warmers that oh. I have not done yet so thanks for reminding me um but yeah not a whole lot I think at the end of the day it is another cricket tournament I think the hardest part is the quick turnaround between different opposition and, and obviously it will be going into depth with opposition analysis with teams we haven't played in a long time um in conditions such as these so uh yeah I think we'll go about our usual routines and for me not too much will change but it'll just be making sure that we don't have the match that we did against India in 2017 where we were unprepared, where we didn't have a plan B. So I think for us, just making sure as individuals and as a team that we have every option on the table. And it was nine years ago this week, I think, that you guys won the 2013 World Cup, uh, a tournament where you were the leading wicket taker. What are some of your favourite memories from that campaign? I actually don't remember a hell of a lot of it. I <laughs> I remember my calves being so tight that I had to get them taped for each game because the grounds were so hard in India and I just was not conditioned properly. So that was a, that was my first ever proper overseas travel too. So to India was quite a culture shock for me mm. as, as a young lass, but um, yeah, hell of a lot's changed since then. That's for sure. But I remember it being fun me and Phil's were, I guess the young pups of that tour and um, just had to kind of make fun of it. Cause I think we were a bit hotel bound, I guess oh, it's similar to, to this, <laughs> but we had to make our own fun um, a little bit that way. And I think we did that well, obviously the conditions are completely different um, weather wise here as opposed to India, but yeah, obviously winning that was huge. And I remember doing a lap of honor and I never done that in my life and just being around people that have been a part of that team for so long and being a part of a lot of success was it was really cool to be around and to have so much media attention. It was just all so new to me and I felt like a, a bit of deer in headlights in a way, but 
Um, I look back now and I wish I did absorb it a bit more, but I guess in the moment you're just, mm. <laughs> just a bit frantic, but it was, it was fun. And it was, it was a real learning curve for me. Cause not long after that, I, I spent a good chunk of time on the bench. So, um, it was nice to have some success that early. And Shooter, probably the most iconic moment from that um, 2013 World Cup was Elise Perry um, and when she hurt her ankle and she was trying to run in in the final and she couldn't run in. Do you remember Do you remember that much? And how bad was, do you know how bad the ankle injury was during the tournament? Oh, she'd kept that totally under wraps, how bad it was. Um, but she is someone that doesn't really show pain. I didn't know that at the time. But um, <laughs> I remember, though, thinking, I was like, oh, clearly she's all right, you know. She's playing in the finals. Things will be sweet. And then when she pulled out twice in her run-up, I, I was at the boundary and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> have we have we made the wrong decision by dropping fells to bring her in? Like, And then somehow she just got through it and tore them apart and still managed to bowl her best. Like I, I know that there ended up being a big infection from that surgery and all that that followed. So it was, it was a nasty injury. And they were saying that, you know, she didn't really show to the rest of us um, during that tour. But... I guess that just shows her grit and determination to just run in on what would have been extremely painful ankle every ball. Yeah, it's something she seemed to have done a few times since too in the 2020 World Cup. Yeah, she's a warrior. There is no doubt about it. She's got more guts than I do. And leading into this this World Cup, um, how's the team feeling about it and what's the vibe? It feels like you guys have waited a long time for this campaign after 2017. A very long time. I, I can't tell you how much that, that game has come up in, mm. in our conversations, like more so from the media in the last couple of years. And, you know, at the end of the day, we can kind of back our ODI winning streak off the back of that game. So we had a lot of meetings, a lot of learning curves outside of that, a lot of reflection Um and it really changed us as a team and how we approached the game and making sure that we had better role clarity and everyone had plans from A to F. It was just, um, yeah, obviously a bad way to have to learn those things, but that's what mistakes are for, I guess. And, you know, for us, it's, it's felt like a long time coming and we haven't played a hell of a lot of ODI cricket in the last couple of years. So I think it's actually come at a really good time and, I'm just thankful that we've managed to get the tournament ahead during a pandemic. Yeah, good call. And Shooter, have you spoken to many of your teammates in quarantine? Like how are they all going? Like, or have you just been <laughs> wrapped up with Jess and Riley? Uh, both. I popped my head out for to get some sunshine today and was yelling out to Grace Harris and Tyler McGraw was right down the end. And I'm sure we we're waking up a few other people by shouting today. But Meg did, um, say, Meg did say that actually. We spoke to Meg just uh, and she said, Oh, she great. Been yelling. <laughs> it was the only way I can talk to them. They're so far away. Um, but I've, I've kept a, a few messages with mainly, I guess, my South Australian shock. But um, yeah, not too much. I must admit, I'm not great on my phone. I reply quickly when I prefer it. And then otherwise, I'll gladly blank you for four hours. That's just how I am. So um, I try and blame the baby, but I was like that before, Riley. So um yeah, just taking each day as it comes. Nice. It actually comes, goes quite quickly. How's Darcy? We feel like she might struggle a bit. It feels like she might always want to be doing something. Is Darcy going okay? I think Darcy would be loving this. She would okay. be napping four hours a day. She'd be watching Netflix. Actually, no, that's a lie. She'd be on TikTok. TikTok. There's times where we'll have a four-hour gap or something between training session and a meeting, and I'll I'll come down about, what have you done? She's like, oh, I fell asleep. I just woke up. I'm like, cool. 
it's like 6 p.m. Like, and she'll like, I'll sleep fine tonight. And then other times with the two-hour gap, she's like, yeah, I've just been on TikTok. I'm like, for the full two hours. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, cool. That's how you pass your time. So I think she would actually be frothing on this. I'm getting some funny Snapchats from her. Um, not sure how much all of us are using our exercise bike, but I've only hopped on it a couple of times. That, that's not my friend. So, um, yeah, we're all, we're all fidgety people, but at the yeah. same time, I think we're all – this is probably a blessing in disguise. It's our last time, you know, chilling for chilling. what is a, a long couple months ahead. So we might as well embrace it. I did see a fairly um, funny photo of Riley and Darcy's heads <laughs> on each other's bodies. I lost it putting that photo together. I didn't know what kind of mood I was in. I just, for some reason in my head, I was like, I'm swapping their faces. Oh and when I did it, I like, Jess is like, what are you doing? And I showed her and I just lost it. I completely lost it. Like I was, and I was like, I have to put this on my Instagram. And then I thought, well, I might as well do it with Talia as well. So, but Darcy's is definitely my favorite, I think too, because the original photo that it, we took with Darcy and, and Riley, Riley looks bloody horrible. She looks like a thumb. Oh. So I was like, well, I'm going to edit and put a nicer face on Riley for the purpose of this. So yeah, obviously every now and again I get a little bored on my phone and that's, that's what I keep saying. That's what it, what it whatever works. Yeah. <laughs> and Shooter, last question for you. What is the first thing you're going to do when you're finally freed from your quarantine room? I'm going to get a coffee. I um, was lucky enough to have Georgia Wareham lend me this little um, espresso machine, which, you know, you press through your own shot, which is great. Yep. It actually nice. tastes like really good coffee, but it's a bloody workout. Like it's genuinely you got to pump it like 30 times this is like heavy resistance Ooh. so I don't think I'm going to lose any arm tone purely because we have this coffee machine in our room so um that's been keeping us sane so we're managing to get a real coffee in in the mornings but I do miss the coffee trips the sunshine and so that hopefully will be the combo on our first day of release beauty sounds like a dream shooter always a pleasure to chat to you thank you so much for coming on the scoop and we wish you and Riley and Jess all the best and yeah have a great World Cup and we'll we'll see you on the other side thanks guys thanks for having me Australia away sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning this is excellent batting by Ash Gardner Jonathan strikes again she's on a hat trick she comes at Molyneux catches hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 